The Blevins Franks Report with Rob Kay of Blevins Franks Wealth Management. It's that time here on a Sunday morning on Riviera Radio where we talk to Rob Kay. Good morning, Rob. How are you? Good morning, Howard. Yeah, I'm really very well, thank you. Yourself? Yes, I'm glad it's a little bit cooler. Mm, yeah, I share that uh, that sentiment exactly. <laughs> yes. Well, we've been quite topical um, of late. Last week we discussed how a Labour government in the UK could impact assets that have been left there. However, you also mentioned that thresholds for inheritance tax and succession tax have remained static for the last 10 years, which sounds to me more like an immediate problem than something that might not happen for another 15 months. However, before we discuss planning for the next generation, what news, financial or other, caught your eye this week? Well, in in your introduction, Howard, you mentioned the fact that last week we discussed Labour's gains in the recent summer by-elections, and potentially they could form the next UK government sometime next year or at the very latest early in 2025. Well, France certainly seems to have decided what they think the outcome of that election will be because President Macron this week announced he will meet Sir Keir Starmer um, and his key Labour team in Paris um, to build relations before the next election. The meeting will take place on Tuesday, shortly before King Charles arrives in France for the state visit. And it's, it's, I think it's best described as a break from protocol. Macron normally only meets opposition leaders from his own European political family. He said it is logical for the president to meet the different players of European countries. He is expected to press Starmer to provide details of Labour's intentions regarding their relations with the European Union and emphasise any degree of closer regulatory alignment will only be agreed if the UK commits in law to following EU regulations. Now, for those who voted for Brexit, this could add a new unexpected dynamic to the next election. If they now intend to vote for Labour, they may have to backtrack on what their Brexit vote was. Now, I know everyone won't have marked it in their diaries, but the big news for fiscal nerds like me was the announcement that this year's UK Autumn Statement will be delivered on November 22nd. Jeremy Hunt, the UK Chancellor of the Exchequer, has announced the date early, which is a welcome change after a series of rushed fiscal events over the past few years. We can only hope his sensibility continues when he opens the red box and delivers some calm and normality. The fact the UK is getting an autumn statement rather than a budget is also interesting because the stated policy is the UK should get budgets in the autumn and statements in the spring. At least that's what Philip Hammond, the then Chancellor of the Exchequer, said um, was the plan way back in November 2016. As far as I'm aware, no subsequent Chancellor has unsaid it, but that was before Covid, and as we all know, that was another world entirely. On the subject of budgets, it has also been announced that the French budget for 2024 will be presented to the French Cabinet the week after next on the 27th of September. It's the first stage in the budget process which culminates in the proposals being judged by the Constitutional Council in late December and then, if they're passed, becoming law in January. Unlike the UK, in France there has to be a deliberation period of at least 90 days before budget proposals can hit the statute book. However, the Economy Minister, Bruno Le Maire, seems to have jumped the gun and announced the government intends to raise tax bans by 4.8%. The income tax bans for 2023 income will be indexed by inflation to cushion the effects of price rises on taxpayers. 
This will mean increases to the uh, starting points of each tax band, not the percentage rates that apply to income tax within those bands. Historically, those changes or those change much, much less frequently. We have also learned that when the experts at the Bank of England begin their next round of forecasting for the UK's economy, they'll be watched over by an outside observer. Ben Bernanke, the Nobel Prize-winning economist and former US Federal Reserve chairman, has been charged with leading an independent review of the bank's forecasting models. Bernanke is the latest in a series of American economists who have been drafted in by the bank to provide an independent evaluation of its work since it gained independence from the Treasury in 1997. I laughed out loud with your understated passing of Brexit. <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I thought it was very well done. Thank you. Yeah. So, is inheritance tax and succession tax not just the same thing? Yeah, it's a very interesting first question, Howard. The, the only similarity is inheritance tax and succession tax are both paid when somebody dies and assets pass to somebody else. Unlike France, where the state dictates who gets what when you die, the UK allows us to leave whatever we want to who we want. This is the reason why wills are so important in the UK. If you die without a will, the UK courts will decide who gets our assets. In France, it's the succession rules that primarily dictate who gets our assets. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't have a will in France, it's just not as important as it is in the UK, because the French succession system is so prescriptive. In the UK, it doesn't matter who inherits. If our UK assets exceed £325,000, UK inheritance tax comes in, I would suggest, like a wrecking ball at a fixed rate of 40%. And importantly, it's our estate that pays the tax, not our beneficiaries, as is the case with French succession tax. French succession tax is paid by the beneficiaries and the relationship between them and the deceased dictates how much tax is paid. This is a really important issue and something as advisors we face every week. Early this week, I separately met two people who are coming to terms with losing their partners. The first was a gentleman in his mid-70s. He recently lost his wife to cancer. She was 20 years his junior. All their plans had assumed she would die first. Now, when he dies, his stepdaughter will have a massive 60% succession tax liability. A lady I also met recently lost her partner. Now, they didn't get married because their kids from their previous marriages didn't want them to. But that now means all his assets are passing to his kids, not to his long-term partner. I wouldn't describe her as exactly destitute, but I'm sure he's not left her financially where he wanted to. This sounds very important and something we should all focus on. Yeah, inheritance tax frequently goes under the radar, maybe because it's deducted from the deceased estate before the beneficiaries see any money. It, it's a lot higher profile in France or when somebody receives an inheritance from a French resident because it's the beneficiaries who get the tax bill. You received your inheritance, then you have to give some it to the French taxman. In my experience, that really makes you sit up and think about succession taxes much more than they do in the UK. HMRC recently announced it collected £7 billion from inheritance tax over the 12 months to July this year, which was a 15% increase on the previous year. The Office for Budget Responsibility estimates the inheritance tax revenue for the current tax year will generate over £8.5 billion. 
inheritance tax thresholds are frozen at £325,000 until 2028. And by then, it will be nearly 20 years since they were increased. The UK government estimates a further 10,000 families will pay IHT this year. That equates to one death in every 25 will trigger a liability to inheritance tax. The French government are a little bit more reserved about publishing how much succession tax generates for them, but I think we can be assured, I'm not sure if that's the right expression, that the French taxman is getting his fair share, especially as the highest rate of IHT in the UK is 40%, but in France it can be as much as 60%, depending on the relationship between the deceased and the beneficiary. As I mentioned in the last question, these days we see a lot more cohabiting couples who have chosen not to get married. From a legal perspective, this casual arrangement can be disastrous when one of them dies because the survivor has no right to inherit. If there is a will, and that's a big if in my experience, it frequently doesn't stand up in a court of law. If the surviving partner doesn't receive what their deceased partner wanted them to receive, their inheritance tax can suffer a 60% tax hit. The French rules are a lot more prescriptive than the UK rules. Can you elaborate? Yeah, the legally France operates under what's known as the Napoleonic Rules. In France, children are, are what is known as protected heirs, and the Napoleonic Rules dictate how much of their parents' assets they must inherit when a parent dies. This is completely different to the rules many of our listeners are familiar with in the UK. What each child receives will depend on how many children we have, and unlike the tax system, the succession rules work on an individual basis rather than a household basis. The succession laws are also governed by which regime we were married under, which can be an issue if we're not married in France, because France simply applies or will simply apply a regime, and frequently that application doesn't fit with what we want. If we have one child, when one of the parents dies, French law dictates 50% of the deceased estate must pass to that child. If we have two children, they must each receive a third of our estate. And if we have three or more, they equally share 75% of our estate. The pre-prescribed amounts are known as the non-disposable element of our estate. The French state dictates what happens to those assets when we die. The remaining element, known as the freely disposable element, is the amount we can leave to whoever we want, our spouse, our partner, or anyone else for that matter. This is where many British nationals come unstuck. Another couple I recently met had moved to France, then came to see me to discuss their tax situation. Like most of us, they wanted, wherever possible, to reduce their French tax liabilities. However, they were not married, but they'd have two very young children. We did discuss tax, but our conversation was quickly hijacked by the succession law implications of a one-year-old and a three-year-old inheriting some serious wealth and the partner potentially not receiving any inheritance, and if they did receive something, having to give 60% of it, as I said previously, to the French taxman. What about succession tax? Um, when it's children who are the beneficiaries, they can receive up to €100,000 before they pay succession tax. What they subsequently pay then depends on how much they inherit. Above 100000 the succession tax rates start at 5%, but quickly rise to 20%. That 20% band is quite generous. Children can receive over half a million euros before the tax rate increases to 30%, then 40 and then finally 45 on inheritances, inheritances over 1.8 million. 
The generosity of the French taxman is quickly lost when inheritances move further out of the bloodline. If you don't have any children or you want to leave your disposable element to brothers or sisters, they can receive €16,000 tax-free, but then they pay 35% on the next 24000 and 45% on anything above that figure. Move further out to what is known as relatives of the fourth degree, that's nieces, nephews, uncles, aunts and cousins. They get a very non- or not very generous uh, tax-free allowance of just €1,600, and their inheritance is then taxed at a flat rate of 55%. If you don't have any relevant relatives or you don't want to leave anything to any relative apart from what you what you have to leave your kids because you don't have a choice and you want to then leave those assets to friends, as I keep saying, they will get an eye-watering tax bill of 60%. I should add, these days, no taxes are paid when assets pass on a spouse-to-spouse basis. But we need to remember, it's not as simple as it sounds because transfers um, are not tax-free if both spouses are still alive. They're taxed as gifts. It's only transfers between spouses when one of them has died that are tax-free. Where does Brussels 4 fit into this cross-border situation? Um, Since 2015, it's been possible to use the EU succession regulation, as you said, known as Brussels 4, to elect for the succession law of our country of nationality to apply when we die rather than our country of residence. As I've described this morning, French forced airship rules frequently don't suit expatriate residents. So Brussels 4 has been a big deal for lots of foreign nationals. Uh, and Brexit has not changed our ability to choose our country of origin. We, but we do need to elect to use Brussels 4 in a French will. And obviously we will need a will in our country of nationality. Word of warning though, Brussels 4 is not a one-stop solution. We need to understand the pros and cons because there may be other more efficient ways to achieve our testimony wishes. So we need to do our research and I strongly recommend taking professional advice with regard to this matter. Over time, many rules and laws have, have become, let's say, more liberal. That is not the case with French succession rules. The French Constitutional Council recently strengthened its forced heirship rules where assets pass in accordance with the provisions of another country's succession law where there are no forced heirship rules, such as the law of England and Wales. The protected heirs, the children, can now make a claim for the share they are entitled to under French law. This means children are now able to challenge their parents' wishes. The compensation mechanism only applies to French assets, and where the will of the deceased didn't include any share for the children who have French forced heirship rules and rights. Can the way our assets are structured affect how much tax we pay? Yeah, very much so, Howard. There are a lot of things that can be done, but the biggest challenge is they have to be used in specific situations. I touched on it previously, but the starting point should be our marriage regime. In France, it won't surprise you to hear there is a list of prenuptial requirements, and surprise, surprise, you have to submit a dossier to your local mayor before you're allowed to get married. One of the requirements is to meet with an auteur to discuss what French marriage regime you will be married under. The one you choose directly impacts what happens to your assets when you die, which could potentially be in 30, 40 or maybe even 50 years time. If you get married in the UK, then you move to France. France will consider you as having a specific legal marriage regime because you don't have or you don't have you haven't acquired one. If the regime that is applied is the separation de bien regime, that is legally 
what is legally yours is treated as yours when you die. And what is your spouse's is legally treated as theirs. And what you own jointly is split down the middle. As I'm sure you can see, those legal divisions can create some testimony challenges. If you are married in the UK, I would urge you to visit a notary and discuss French marriage regimes to ensure you have the right regime for your testimony wishes. Another strategy is to use a clause tontine when you buy a property. This clause must be inserted when the compromis de vente is signed. It can't be added later. But the tontine clause ensures a jointly purchased property automatically passes to the survivor. And of course, probably the most widely used succession tax strategy is to hold your investment assets within an assurance fee because the assets of an assurance fee stand outside of French succession law. If I've understood correctly, later life planning is not something that should not be left until later in life. Yeah, as, as our regular listeners will know, Howard, Blevins Franks has been advising British expatriate residents in France for close on 50 years. If you've been to one of our seminars, you'll know many of our clients are retired British expatriates who are, shall we say, of a certain age. And although none of us knows when our time's up, when we get a little older, unfortunately, we're closer to the exit door than the entry. Later life planning, gosh, I hate that expression, is so important for many of the listeners. Some will want to make sure their money goes where they want when they pass and not to the French government. Most people want to minimise the tax their children will pay and many have quite complicated family situations. So they want a combination of minimising taxes while achieving their testimony wishes. After 50 years, Blemings Franks is very experienced in putting together what we describe as strategic financial plans for our clients, which minimise taxes while importantly ensuring their testimony requirements are achieved. To achieve a strategic financial plan, a financial roadmap if you want, we take a holistic view of our clients, their assets and their wishes. A roadmap can't be created if we simply look at individual assets in isolation. Mental health and well-being are quite rarely at the forefront of people's thoughts these days. Blevins Franks was built on a passionate belief that our clients' finances need to be correctly and appropriately arranged. Finances are frequently the issue that wakes us up worrying in the wee small hours of the night. We believe that we can come up with a strategy and solutions which will give you peace of mind and hopefully a good night's sleep. So to discuss your estate planning requirements and if we can help you reduce your taxes by looking at your overall strategic financial planning arrangements, contact Levin's Franks and arrange to speak to one of our local partners. Initial discussions are complimentary, so to arrange a call, contact our French hub and the telephone number there is 0493001780. That's 0493 001780 and if our Monaco office is more convenient for you you can always contact the Monaco office and the number here in Monaco is 97775574 that's 97775574 and if you'd like to know more about Blavins Franks or you prefer to make contact via the internet visit our website which is very simply www.blevinsfranks.com I tell you your job never gets boring <laughs> Well, the, the, goal keeps, the goalposts keep moving, Harry, and that's why it doesn't get boring. Yes, yes. Okay, with that, uh, we'll talk next Sunday. I look forward to it. Absolutely. Have a good week, Howard. Goodbye. 
The Blevins Franks Report. If you would like more information on any of the topics discussed in this program, contact your local Blevins Franks office on 0493001780 or Riviera at BlevinsFranks.com. Focusing on the big picture. At Blevins Franks, our financial advisors take a holistic approach. We get to know our clients, your family situation and objectives, and our integrated advice covers tax and estate planning, savings and investments, and pensions. We aim to consolidate many of your assets, keeping things simple for you and your family and heirs. Get in touch with your local Blevins Franks advisors today. Visit BlevinsFranks.com. That's BlevinsFranks.com.